Hello everybody, this is the Fat and Meat Podcast, and I'm Daniel. And I'm Russell. Okay, so today is Thursday, and it's been a pretty good day. But what I kind of want to talk about today is, I kind of want to elaborate on our last podcast about what we're running from. And go more in depth to that, because it's, it's important to really know what you're running from instead of just a general idea of what you're running from. Because from a general idea, you can kind of be ignorant and become, well, it's not as urgent as I think it is. So kind of got to know your enemy to defeat your enemy. Yeah. Or if you didn't know, Jason from Friday the 13th was in your summer camp you would just be going about your business as if nothing's wrong yeah but once you know he's there you run you fight you you don't put off the important things for the not important you're not sitting there making a sandwich when Jason's got a machete and he's pursuing you right yeah because because there's a it's kind of like when you read news and you read a statistic and like you say this many people died in this like the explosion that happened has happened recently you just read the number but but you don't you just see number you don't see right you don't see faces and names and lives and dreams and histories so it's kind of the same thing like when you read the webmd like i looked up webmd and said and I've typed in, how bad is diabetes? How bad is diabetes? Okay. Yeah, that's probably not a fun uh, and, search right there. And it says, type 2 diabetes is bad for many reasons. High glucose, glucose level levels, damaged nerves and blood vessels. Which I didn't even know that. Like, I didn't yeah. know that it damages your blood vessels. I thought it was just like... You're just overloaded with sugar and it hurts some parts of your body. Yeah. Right. I had one doctor explain it to me. It's like the sugar is like little razor blades that are just going through your system. And every time they come across something soft like blood vessels, um, especially like the blood vessels in your eyes and in your kidneys and those kind of stuff, it does a little cut. And the next little piece of sugar goes by and it makes a cut. Then after 10 or 15 years of thousands of cuts a day, stuff stops working. Yeah, and then it goes on. So when it attacks the nerve, nerves and blood vessel, it, then it attacks your heart. You can have strokes. It leads to blindness, kidney disease, and gum infection. And it can lead to getting your legs amputated, arms from lack of circulation because your blood vessels aren't working. Yeah, and it, it it becomes really really. It doesn't it doesn't start off bad. It just starts off like you're you're normal. You're because when you're first diagnosed with diabetes, you're normal. You're still normal. Like you, yeah, nothing's been damaged yet. Yeah, it doesn't feel like anything's changed. It just you know you just have this label, and then people go on for years having this, and then twenty years go by, and then they start seeing the changes. And they're like, what? what is this? Yeah, then they're like, oh, I have diabetes. I guess I ought to do something. Well, you should have done something 20 years ago, <laughs> right? 
Mm-hmm. And we and we kind of think diabetes is the monster, but he's he's a symptom of the monster. Yeah. The monster is food addiction. Yeah, sugar addiction for sure. And we have to seriously confront that. Yeah, gotta quit making jokes and pushing it off and making light of it. It's, Cause, yeah. Because it's kind of like, I kind of equated to this, someone that's um, not ignorant, just an optimist, or an over-optimist, because you, you've always taught me as a, as a parent to always think I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I can pursue whatever I want. And then you get into the line, line of thinking, like you look at like LeBron James or you look at any <laughs> elliptic, elliptical a- athlete, you're like, Olympic athlete, yeah. And you rationalize, well, I could be them if I worked if really I'm hard. If I'm willing to work hard, yeah. If I'm willing to work hard, go to the gym every day and do all, I can do that. I could be him if I really wanted to. And then you start doing that with everything. And then you, you're left with, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Because you're like, I can do that if I want to. Like, it's, it's like the person that, um, like the little kid that comes to like a 6'4 person and says, I can dunk if I really wanted to. Yeah. And like, really, yeah. and yeah. really. The only reason I didn't dunk on you is because I didn't want to. Yeah. And <laughs> right. we have this like Superman complex of, if I really wanted to, I could. Right. And the problem is, do you really want to? Yeah. And so, and there's, I heard this theory is that it's kind of I don't know if it's true but like you were talking about um, it's hard to run towards something it's easy to run away from something right and it's and it's it's true if you if if you think about it like when you make someone mad you usually run faster from the person that's mad at you because you're scared like when you scare something usually the person runs faster because I can run I can run faster scared than you can run faster mad. Yeah, yeah I've heard that before. Yeah, I'm going to outrun you because I'm scared and you're just mad. <laughs> so I'm out of here. But and you're right. So, and But our and, culture and the current gurus and the current motivational theory and stuff want you to focus on what's ahead, the goal ahead, right? And what you're saying is that that's fine once you have that motivation. But in the beginning... You kind of need to be scared, right? Yeah. To, you got to. A, a doctor's not giving you. Isn't doing you any favors by sugarcoating <laughs> diabetes, sugarcoating, right? Um, isn't doing you any favors by not laying it out, you know, and and I think if they laid it out matter of factly, and didn't hold, you would walk away with knowledge. You might be in denial. But you'll be informed. So like you're saying, you went into your doctor, found out your diabetes in your home, and now it's a month later, you're on WebMD, and you're just now discovering what that means. Why didn't you, you shouldn't have left the office it's, it's without been, knowing what that means, right? And being scared to take your next bite until you figure this out, right? That intensity, so. Because it's, it's always easier to be ignorant towards what you're trying to face or what you're trying to do because once you realize once you get the study or you get the facts or whatever you're going to do 
with whatever you're facing, you actually have to change. Yeah, or admit that you are making a choice not to. You can't play it off as I didn't know anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, like you, like, why didn't you, when you were 27, 28, why didn't you, 26, yeah. why didn't you, what made you think, oh, I'll be fine? Why, did, why, why is that, why at that point did you not say, I'm going to fight this or whatever? Yeah, well, so, a couple different things. One, um, for whatever reason, I was raised as not a doctor type person. We didn't go to the doctor, right? Things had to be really bleeding and an emergency situation. You know, you went to the dentist when you had a toothache that you could no longer survive with three, you know, three uh, tubes of Oragel a day. And you finally went to the, got your tooth pulled and stuff. So when that first diagnosis, hey, you, you're pre-diabetic, make a couple changes, see me in three months. Everything looks good right now. This is just something that could get bad if we don't keep on top of it. Yeah. Come back in three months. I didn't come back in three months. Mm -hmm. I came back in like three years when my leg hurt. Or no, I went to, uh, I got bit by a spider. And so I went in for a brown recluse bite on my arm and while the doctor's um, there, he's, he, he found out that I'd been pre diabetic so he's like, well, let's go ahead and do your A1C and get all this stuff done, right? And then I find out my sugars are way out of control and I'm no longer pre-diabetic, I'm full diabetic. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh. Well, and then what did he say? Well, we'll see you in three months. Eat right, we'll do another A1C in three months. I didn't show up again for another three years, yeah. right? Until something else went wrong. And so, one, I wasn't staying informed, so I was, by not going to the doctor, I wasn't diabetic, right? I used to joke, you know, I got bit by a spider and, and got caught diabetes, you know. I, I'm only sick if I go to the doctor. When I don't go to the doctor, I'm not sick, right? Make a joke of it um, and trying to justify why I don't go, I don't take care of it. And then the other side is, uh, is you know your mom was diabetic before me and I looked at her and said, she's doing fine you know this is a long time thing why we've mentioned it before you know it, it didn't feel real at the time that I'm gonna go blind or my kidneys are gonna quit or anything like that like you're, you're telling me to give up today's party because yeah, for this thing 10 or 15 years down the road that might happen yeah because when you read like even this can be kind of Almost like a statistic when you when you read, um, like you can have heart disease, blindness, stroke, kidney kidney failure, gum disease, like anything. Like when you, half the medicine on shows have those problems. Yeah, it's a running joke on comedians, right? Yeah, the, the side effects are worse than the medicine. Like so, it cures. Yeah, so it's like everything causes that. So how? Yeah. Why is this so bad? Right. And so we. So you've got to you've got to inform yourself and understand how bad something is. Like you have you you have to confront the beast to understand how deadly it is. Yeah. So you kind of have to capture and study it to learn its weaknesses and just how dangerous it could be if it was let loose. And that's what it is. We 
we let it loose and we it's it's like those people that um, bring home a uh, wild tiger tiger as a kitten and think it's awesome and then wonder why they're a newspaper headline three years later right or bring home a little alligator and then wonder how come you know the dogs are missing you know yeah. um, you can't play with this thing you know you're like oh it's just a little pre-diabetes how cute oh come and stay with me I'll get you a pretty collar you know I'm not afraid of you uh, but by the time it gets dangerous you're you're fooled you're you don't even see you have tunnel vision you don't even see the symptoms anymore you you pass them on to something else um, it must be something else it's not my diabetes you know and and what the danger is you get so like what you are and you get so deeply into it when it feels like it's a uphill battle you can't win so why even try yeah that yeah you're right that's the other thing is when you do get serious you dig so far in, you realize this thing's so huge that I don't, I don't, I don't even know where to start, right? So that just creates that anxiety. And what do we do with anxiety? We feed our anxiety, right? Because we haven't learned appropriate ways to deal with anxiety. So we just create the vicious circle that puts us even further behind. Because now that we've medicated through our binge, and we're probably not even going to attempt anything now for another three months or until the next pain happens and then we'll get serious again right or some kind of awareness you know you get inspired sometimes you watch a documentary of forks over knives or one of these and you're like that's it i'm going vegan whole food and bam 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 because and the reason that i think think that is because like you look at people that um like recreate their life and make it like 10 times better it's usually they have no other option yeah like they they're they're with a single mom and they have no other option to get out to get out of poverty and everything is to work so they just take two jobs and work themselves out of it there's nowhere else to go yeah there's nowhere else to go and for us that's why that's why i think diet diabetes is like the silent killer or obesity is a silent killer that doesn't care but no one else cares as well You're, yeah it's, Cause, it's cause, one of those diseases you can have right out in front of people and nobody mentions it nobody's yelling unclean unclean get away from me or nothing like yeah. that in fact some um, people will feed it yeah I mean you can and you just if you you get bigger you just there's another size out there right yeah. and, and it's it's a thing where it's it's usually not uncomfortable. You can make you can. There's things you can buy. There's things you can do to make it where your addiction is comfortable. But yeah. you don't. You can buy a reacher so you don't have to pick your shoes up off the floor anymore. Yeah, and like <laughs> for people that have um, actual big problems like um, meth and all that stuff, have rehab centers and all that stuff, and families actually have interventions and all that stuff no one's having an intervention for someone that is 300 pounds normal, yeah. normal people don't have an intervention just because you're 300 pounds yeah yeah I remember hearing of like fat camps and stuff like that back when I was a kid um, you know back like 80s and so but 
haven't heard anybody talk about stuff like that in quite a long time, so I don't even know if they exist. Now, you know, you, you got gyms everywhere and you get inspired by watching Biggest Loser. Yeah, the, the closest thing to anything that was a rehab center was like Biggest Loser. You go, yeah, you get on a game show that takes you away from everything for a while. <laughs> yeah, and so, and, and yeah, one out of every million people that need it get it, right? And so that's just a dream. You never feel it's possible. And, and it's like if you don't if you don't understand where it can lead and what it can do to you, because even me, like like I've known from since I was born that I have a heart thing, have a heart murmur that Yeah, you get leaky valve. Leaky valve that I need to take care of and being obese and diabetic doesn't help that at all. It makes it ten times probably ten times worse. Yeah, and you know they told us when you were real little that it probably won't affect your whole life, but it'll probably be something, you know, in your fifties you're gonna have to have a heart surgery for. But the longer you stayed healthy and smaller, the longer it would be before you had to deal with it. The more overweight and bigger your body got, and all this stuff, and unhealthy, the sooner in life you'd have to have it. Yeah. So you can't in that. You have to take that seriously. Yeah, every like every decision you make, everything you do it has to be that reminder that I'm running from something. Yeah. And running because you because like what we said, like we said, running from something has more powerful is more powerful than running towards something. Right. And if you have both of them, it's even more powerful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do think. I think you're right. I think the the fear part, I don't like that word, but the realization, I guess, of that initial awareness um, can give us the boost to really get things in order. And then I feel like once we're getting things in order, some intrinsic motivation is going to happen when we start feeling better. And then we're going to kind of transition to chasing more of this better feeling and more of the things that we're now becoming aware of that we're going to be able to do if we're healthier. Yeah, because because it's all about it's all about changing the mindset and changing the neur, neur, neurons in your brain, giving you a dopamine effect for the thing you've been doing forever. Like the reason we we're running towards obesity that is because. When we eat something, food we get rewarded. We get rewarded, and we have a dopamine effect. Yeah. So, what what we need to do is start another. You can't you can't take away an addiction and not replace it with something. That's a good point. Yeah. <coughs> like yeah. I was reading an article, and it said if you take away soda, you have to replace it soda with something. Yeah, and not something so drastic from soda that. Your body revolts, right? So it's got to be kind of a replacement. So um, this week, uh, <coughs> I bought sugar-free French vanilla creamer, and have been slowly slipping up. So I have two cups of coffee in the morning, and so one of those is sugar-free, and one of them is with regular. Right now, I, the goal is to go completely sugar-free, um, and there's definitely a difference. Yeah, you know, I can't sit here and say oh, I didn't know the difference. I. Yeah, like um, your mom did like creamer this morning. I knew in my first sip that she used the sugar-free. 
Yeah. You know, there's no fooling. Um, but it was it was drinkable. It was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but there was this little uh, piece of me that was like, oh, I hope this. I hope with the second cup she puts the other one in. You know. Yeah, like kind of like I'm thinking I have to go like Kool Aid instead of just trying to force myself to drink water because Kool Aid, I can actually drink it and like it. And you can control the amount of sugar because you're making it yourself. Yeah, because like, because um, when you do um, water, because I like sit, I like drinking something to enjoy it. Yeah, and which is hard to train your mind from. Not in, you're drinking water because you have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, you can enjoy enjoy water, but you, you usually don't enjoy water all the time. So like you have to figure things out, like experiment. The the good thing about becoming healthy is you you experiment. Yeah. You don't just yeah. hold Become on. Become kind of your own chemist. You don't hold on to the things you've been doing doing. Like soda, you've been drinking the same soda probably for your whole life because it's your favorite soda. And then diabetes come and you have to change it. So now you have to experiment and figure out what you would yeah, like. What can I live with? So I experimented with several things and because I was a big Dr. Pepper. And so, of course, naturally I went to Diet Dr. Pepper, but I still didn't enjoy it. I know I like it a lot better than like Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi. I just really can't handle those. Um, and do a diet seven up or Sprite, um, but I, I do kind of like Coke Zero. Um, but I I've just kind of settled on Crystal Light. I make a gallon of it, and I just sip off of it every all day long, and it's zero calorie. You know, the, some people would be like, yeah, but what about the artificial sweeteners and the stuff? And I'm like, you know, at this point, that's probably my least. <coughs> concern yeah. you know I, I'm trying that's like saying you know well, I need to get the tattoo removed that, while my arm's bleeding from an accident and, that, that's, <laughs> and that's the problem with other people's opinions is everything that's unhealthy unless it's water yeah. anything can be anything can be turned and switched to it being unhealthy unless it's water yeah and the truth is Whatever's better than what you were gonna drink is healthy, right? For you, um, and so, but, but th so that's why I'm like with this whole trying to figure out what I was running from, like reading that my blood vessels and everything being cut and hurting every time I drink a whole bunch of sugar from sodas. Like, wow, I'm actually killing myself every time I drink soda. Mm -hmm. And it changes really like, okay, now, so you, you kept on telling me to do keto, or keto's are really good for di diabetics, and I was like, I don't really want to do that, because I like my mashed potatoes. I like, yeah, you like them more than your eyesight. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and then then you have to realize that's what you're giving up. You can't, you can't rationalize that. You can either... You can put it off to, okay, I'll do it tomorrow, or tomorrow's Neverland. Yeah. Is this, tomorrow's like this um, um, fake thing that you keep on saying. <laughs> You're right. Then tomorrow never gets here. It's like the guy who's standing in line, and every time it's his turn, uh, because somebody told him he's next, 
when it came his turn, he just looked to the person behind him and said, you go ahead, I'm next. You go ahead, I'm next. You go ahead, I'm next. You know, and he never gets to be the guy. Right. You know? And, and so, that's what we do with our planning. We're always going to start it tomorrow. when this happens, when th when all the stars align, when I'm on payday, first of the year, and, you know, and first you, of the month. And you gotta, you got to do that because we, we started with forgiving ourselves yep. and then went to just start. Well, those things are really good, and then into goal planning and all that stuff. Well, now you got to figure out what you're running from. If you're right. gonna, if you're really going to start um, committing to it, because a goal goal planning is great, and uh, forgetting yourself is great because it makes you feel good. But then you realize there's this other thing behind you that is coming for you, and you you can't. You you can't um, run from it. You can't ignore it. Yeah, you. The more you ignore it, the more it gets closer. Yeah, and it'll catch you. Pretty much every time you forget it's there, it's wounding you mm -hmm. in some way. Because yeah. it because it's either you're gonna change or change is gonna it changing is chasing you. Yeah, you're gonna change or be changed. Don't yeah. you admit that? Yeah. Well, you know, um, there's kind of an illustration that I kind of think helps here because what what you're basically what you're saying is if we don't understand and aren't real take the time to discover what the realness is the reality is the hard truth we're going to end up getting lackadaisical and not taking something serious and going slower than we would making compromises and we're not going to beat this thing because yeah, well let me finish this illustration real quick so that's like two guys who get on an airplane and um, when they get on the airplane, uh, the stewardess comes over and hands them both a parachute, right? And says, you need to put this parachute on. And so they're like, okay, you know. And so they put it on and so uh, the one guy, he's just sitting over there and the whole time, you know, he's just like, why am I wearing this parachute? This thing's uncomfortable. Man, it's kind of heavy. It's hurting my neck. It doesn't it doesn't flatter the clothes I'm wearing. People without parachutes are kind of looking at me like, what are you doing? You know, I think it'd be, I'm just gonna take this parachute off. This is dumb. Right. Um, so he takes it off. The other guy, it was a little different. When the stewardess gave him the parachute, she told him, in about 15 minutes, you're going to have to jump out of the plane. All right. Uh, there's going to be an accident or whatever. You're going to jump out of the plane. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't, since he has that extra knowledge, he's holding on to that parachute with the grip of life. Mm -hmm. He doesn't feel the crook in his neck. He doesn't see the people judging him for his parachute not matching his outfit. You know, it's not uncomfortable at all. Um, he recognizes the life-saving gift this parachute is and holds on to dear life. And when tra tragedy happens, he's prepared. He hasn't taken it off. And that's what we do. We get, oh, you're, you're pre-diabetic. Everything's fine now. Cool. That's him handing me a parachute, but I don't really understand why I need it. So I carry it around a little while, right? I get on Facebook and say, well, everybody, I went to the doctor today, and guess what? I'm diabetic. 
you know, Bub just pre-diabetic, you know, and we'll use it to get some sympathy from a few people. We'll, we'll, we'll be kind of aware. We'll, we get we kind of excited about the little shopping opportunity. It allows us to go buy some new um, little gadgets for the kitchen. And I'm going to start eating avocados and you know, watch YouTube videos on how to make the best avocado toast yeah. and all this stuff. But then pretty soon you're just like, you know, avocados are messy. You know, uh, I want that, I want, you know, that cheesecake that they had at the restaurant. I want to buy it. Why am I avoiding it? And pretty soon you set your parachute, your awareness of your diabetes down. That where what we need to do is know the reality of the diabetes. Every gram of sugar that enters your body is trying to kill you. Go keto, go whatever, 50 grams or less a day. Yeah, um, because every every sugar that bite of sugar you take, you unleash a spoonful of ninjas that are going through your system, taking out yeah. as many things as possible. And eventually it's going to take you down. You need to avoid this like the plague. So if you were in an accident and got your left arm chopped off, you would have to adapt. Right. Okay. No matter how many things you did up until that point with that left hand, right? It's just not an option anymore. You've got to adapt, move on, and your life is different. And we need to treat our diagnosis of, we need to treat obesity and diabetes and heart disease and all these things with that same finality that once we got the diagnosis, it's not a gradual thing. There was the day before the diagnosis where we could eat whatever we want. And now there's this truth, and we adapt. It's over. Yeah. We celebrate. Hey, I had a good run. I had 48 years of cheesecake, all right? Uh, it's not an option anymore. I no longer have a left hand to do that left-handed thing anymore. So let's move on. Yeah. But, <clears throat> and that's what you... I feel like you have to um, find ways to be uncomfortable. To remind yourself yeah. of what you're running from. You got to be okay with uncomfortable. <clears throat> because like like what I talked about briefly last podcast about when you when you buy a new pair of pants, um, would go to the store and buy the pair of pants you want to, want to be wearing, like 22, 23, 24 size. Go home and put it on every day until you're that size. Yeah. And that gives you motivation because it, because it's you can see it. Twenty four, or twenty four, maybe, like maybe thirty four, thirty four. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think if you've got a twenty four inch waist and a twenty two inch waist, you probably got some other problems going on. Okay, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I see your point. If you're size forty, wearing size forty pants, buy a pair of thirty sixes and try to put them on every day. Every time you're starting to think, oh, I'm making pretty good progress, go throw the try to put those 34s or 36s on, yeah, and then get back to work. Yeah, put them on because it's going to remind you that there's still some, there's still a problem. Yeah, you yeah, because you gotta you have to because you you can go work out and forget about why you're doing this. Right. You, you can you can buy healthy food and forget why you're doing it. Like, but if you you have to find ways to make yourself uncomfortable and to remind yourself of why you're doing it. Because uncom being uncomfortable comfortable is the number one thing number one thing that makes you move. 
Well, yeah, and it's it's financial security, all those things. Dave Ramsey always says, you know, do now what others won't, so you later you can do what others can't, right? You got Gary V says that, you know, he he he's a little bit more colorful language, but basically he's like, eat crap till you're thirty, and you'll be able to live the other fifty years of your life better than everybody else that's thirty, right? Because they're getting in debt, using their credit cards, leasing everything, all this. You're investing, working two jobs, pushing it, and then you get to live the life of your dreams. It's the same with, with this week. If we'll do the daily uncomfortable things for our health, our health will reward us with some awesome future experiences. All right. Um, but we're every time we take a bite of sugar now or pie, whatever, we are stealing something from our future self. Yeah, and not only this, we're stealing something from our future family. Because, yeah. like, we always talk about how I wish I could go back in time. Yeah. And, like, the best thing you can do is be your best friend. Do what your best friend would have done for you. Yeah. Like, because, like, when we talk, we'll think about going back in time. When we talk to our, when we think about our vision, talking to our past selves, we usually think about getting in like a car with them and talking about, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, wake up call. Why are you doing that? Because when you get in that mindset of, yeah, see me in this wheelchair, this is what's ahead for us if you don't do something. Because when, yeah. you, when you get in the mindset like you have an emotional day, a hard day, you're not thinking of tomorrow. No. There is no tomorrow. Either it ju it's, it's just that moment in that emotional thing. Right. There, there you block out everything else and then just that emotional thing that happened that day and nothing there's no tomorrow you, you're not even thinking about tomorrow or even next 15 minutes when you're having that craving motion you're not thinking about anything else you're just thinking about can this make me feel better and we got it we in we have to t attack that because it, that's how badly diabetes or food addiction is attacking us right because and that's, I just want you got to take it seriously to change, right? Because if you're lackadaisical, which we not saying that we've been lackadaisical, we we've done, we've started, we we had a motivation, we've done this, but now we need it. Now we need to we, ramp it up. We've done a soft start. Yeah, you need. Yeah, to, we're moving in the right direction, but we certainly didn't hit the ground running. You need to like ramp it up, and and one of the biggest things I have to realize is that I got to spend money. So you're going to do this and pinch pennies at the same time? Yeah, you, you have to spend money. Like, with keto, like, I know I'm not going to just like eating chicken. And, yeah. and well, you got to educate yourself because you got to go, you got to know what keto is. You got to go see what your options are. Like I said, spend some money, buy a variety of things, try them out, build your catalog of recipes you like um, so that then you'll have the tools you need to build the environment that's going to support you. Because I know the way I would eat, do keto is if I, I have to had a grill and learned how to grill, so I'm replacing my addiction, re replacing my addiction with something I, I'm going to like to do. Yep. Have a grill, make steak, make ribeye steak, have all that stuff that's for keto, and add things to that. Yeah. Because if you, you start, you might have to eat a green vegetable. You might, yeah, I might have to eat something <laughs> that I don't like. But you have to... I have to realize that I have to spend money to invest in myself 
Like, well, and that's what it is. You're not spending. So you're either spending or investing. So you, you're not going to spend money investing yourself. You need to get that out of your mind. It's you're investing in yourself. Get the spend out of there. Yeah. Right now, you're spending your money not investing in yourself. Right? So you're spending your money on junk. So you're actually going to be ahead. It's, it might More money will be unavailable for other things. But the investment and the return on that investment is going to bring you more than whatever you put in. Because yeah, because reading all that stuff on WebMD and like seeing all the things that diabetes does to you makes me think. Okay, keto makes me invested into trying keto, and that's what that, maybe that's a better thing from scared. It makes you more invested in what you're going to running towards because you realize what what's happening so you're more invested more aware and you're running right. towards something because you're invested in what you're running away from right and I, I kind of like your idea uh, I don't know if you were going there but you know keto what you're talking about is I really need to replace what I'm doing now with not just eating a piece of meat but the whole mindset of the keto lifestyle so like I said, buy a grill, and then that'll learn, lead towards learning how to grill yeah. and the different things. And all of a sudden you start enjoying, that's how I got really into coffee. It wasn't because I picked up a black cup of coffee one day and goes, wow, this is good, yeah. right? No, I got into coffee because of college and my friends, and that's what we would do. And I started with the, you know, the stuff that wasn't even coffee, you know, you want a little coffee with your cream, you know? And uh, oh, but over time, I learned more about it, and then I got into different types of coffee, the different types of beans, and then, um, the then like oh, you, there's tasting notes here. All I've ever tasted was charcoal, you know, when I drink coffee. But start learning that oh wow, yeah, I can taste the apricot in that and the earthiness and stuff. And and then I want then I start buying the gear and watching. You find myself watching YouTube channels on French presses. Yeah, and. What's it's cool is once you get into the lifestyle of like doing keto, keto and grilling, and you're learning stuff, and the dopamine effect isn't the food. Right. It's the experience. Yeah. The dope, yeah. Like when, why do we go to coffee shops? We don't go to coffee shops because we just love the frappuccino. We go there because we like the atmosphere and right. we like like working there and like doing yeah. The stuff. place is the reward. Yeah. The place is the because we go to, we go to coffee shops and drink. Just drink water. Yeah, I, yeah. If you went to an old railroad Quonset hut full of tools and toolboxes and just sat in a dusty chair with a great cup of coffee, you're not going to enjoy the coffee. Yeah, because we don't. Right. It's you're building an entire uh, ecosystem around this lifestyle, and it's that it's the parameters of that lifestyle that'll keep you from becoming anxious. It'll keep you from becoming bored. I bored eat, you know. Uh, I, I do two things. I bored eat and I absent-minded eat. Yeah. I can eat a whole bag of chips and not even realize I opened it. Just because I'm doing something else and just munching away, right? But then when I'm bored, instead of looking for an activity, I look for something to eat. Yeah. Right? And so, like, that's what I think we have, have to do with pursuing. Because what we're doing when we take away our addiction and our food is... We're not replacing with time or something to do during that time, because all, all we're doing is just sitting there thinking about the thing we can't eat. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you become like, then you become like what I was doing, which isn't bad. It's starting where you just fast. Yeah, because you don't know what else to do. So you, you just stop eat. eating. So you have to, so now I'm, I'm going to do keto, keto and I'm going to do it right instead of trying to be cheap and buy the lowest quality meat that I can to right. to do what I want. Like I have to invest to actually enjoy the benefit of what I'm going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Because because no one wants no one wants to do something cheaply. Yeah, it's like somebody I'm going to take up running, but I'm going to buy twelve dollar Walmart Velcro shoes to do it in because yeah. I don't want to spend eighty nine dollars on and you know some Reeboks. That yeah. I would actually support my ankles. And then when you know my feet hurt after the second day, I'm not running anymore. Yeah, like so. You invest in yourself. So I'm thinking about getting like a Sam's Club membership and then buying a whole bunch of meat in bulk. Okay. Yeah. I want to get a deep freeze. Yeah, right. <laughs> and just doing that because that I feel like that's more of a way to because I like meat. There's not we both like meat. Yeah. And so that that will be something we will do. Yeah. Now, and keto is much more than just the meat, right? So I mean, you still have to have the veggies and stuff. So you, it, it's complementing your meat in a way that supports your overall health um, without putting the more than fifty ca uh, carbs, grams of carbs a day, um, in your diet. So you, it really takes a lot of creativity. And what's and what's the good what? What's a good thing about the diabetic monster is it can be reversible. Yeah, even even where I'm at, I'm not saying I could at this point get rid of all the damage that's been done, but I could still, even at this point after being diabetic, uncontrolled diabetic for 20 years, um, I could stop it in its tracks and even reverse some of the, the eyesight and um, leg and feet problems and stuff I've had would actually in neuropathy some of it would actually reverse you know I, I, I see testimonies all the time people on keto and stuff that are diabetic and, and bigger than me and they're turned around and they're completely off everything so one good thing about the human body is it's very resilient it, 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 it works if you give it the tools to work with it it'll do amazing things yeah. right but every day I'm not doing that my body is one day further down the road of not being able to come back, right? And there is a line. There will be a line <coughs> where uh, you're not going to come back. You're going to lessen, you can lessen the future damage, but you're not coming back. You know, you're not going backwards. And, but I, I still feel right now, um, I still have hope right now that I could not only stop the progress but gain some functions back if I could get it under control right now and of course you know I've got uh, some heart issues too so it's you know the diabetes like you said attacks blood vessel stuff so it's not good for heart it can lead to stroke and heart but I've also got high blood pressure and other stuff so there's lots of reasons I need to get the weight off and start getting some cardiovascular health going in my life and supporting myself with the right food I really don't have the luxury of a soft start on this thing. I don't have the luxury of built-in cheat days right now. Yeah, so I just, because we, we had a soft start now, we need to go full on. Because yeah. we have the motivation, we have everything we need. 
and we just need to take it, ramp it up pretty much. And once we do that, I, f I feel like it's going to change a lot. Yeah, and I imagine just each of our progress is going to keep the other one inspired and we'll help each other that way too. And, and hopefully we'll inspire some other people who are listening and hopefully their stories will help inspire us as well. Yeah, because this, this podcast isn't for the, like, 220 guy. I mean, this is, this podcast is for people like us. Yeah. I mean, it can be. I mean, the principles work. Um, but, yeah, when I'm talking to somebody, when I'm thinking of somebody I'm talking to, I'm talking to somebody out there that's just on the edge of giving up hope, that has been pursuing, has tried every diet out there, and just sees another year tick off has made that promise a thousand times six months before their birthday, you know, or on their birthday, you know, by this time next year, I'm going to weigh 50 pounds less or 100 pounds less. And then it's 10 months to your birthday and you're like, you do the math. Oh, I can, I can still do it. I can still do it. That's, that's only 10 pounds a month. That's only two and a half pounds a week. And then you're at the sixth month and you haven't started yet. And you're making that and you're doing the math. Well, I mean, I guess it's possible the people have biggest losers do it in three months. So I guess I could do it in six. And then another birthday gets here and you have it. You're not any smaller than you were last birthday. And you make another promise. Yeah. And now you're just at the point where you don't really believe it's going to happen. And I'm talking to those people. I, I not only want to encourage them with their words, but I want to be a, a success story that proves the concept. Um, not so I'm a hero, but so many other um, people get to enjoy life shouldn't be over at 50 or 48 right yeah we should be looking at another 30 plus years easy and many of us aren't because we've let the sad diet the standard american diet and the culture we live in and our own microwave you know, I want it now, comfort, instant yeah. gratification, culture. Yeah, and you steal away our 60s, 70s, and 80s from us. And you can, and I'll agree with you, like, you can you can blame the, the standard diet for Americans. You can blame the culture. You can blame uh, McDonald's. And you can blame the chemistry, people making the stuff to actually make to you addicted. make you addicted to their cereal. Yeah, yeah you can... You can blame at all on that, but it's you can. It's, You're the only one that put the fork to your lips. Yeah, and you can't. <laughs> yeah, the system is against us, but that doesn't. But that doesn't do anything. Just saying the system's against us, like you. Right. you that just makes us change. greater heroes when we beat it. Yeah, yeah. If you can change. You, it's going to be hard, but it's worth it. But but it can be easier, and that's what we're saying is. It's been hard because we've always hit out of the gate like we're a raging bull and like the finish line is just a few feet away. And it's not. It's a marathon. It's one in the minutes of the day. And you just got to keep showing up. The next step, you know, the next step. Okay, one step. You know, I remember walking home from school <laughs> as a kid. You know, I was an overweight kid. And when I looked forward, I'd see how far it still was. I'd almost want to just sit down. I was like, oh, I'm never going to make it. But when I just stared at my feet and just kept walking, where I'd only, I'm only seeing one square of the sidewalk at a time, the next time I looked up, I was a long way down. And I'm like, oh. You know, I, I, 
somebody probably might have thought I had OCD. Probably counting all the counting all the squares all the way between school and my house. But um, but it, it's the same kind of principle. Focus on the dailies, and when you look up every now and then, you'll find out you've made some progress. Yeah, even even with the little progress I've done so far, like when I go to the gym, like I. I I feel like I look better. That just may be me. <laughs> I've done like maybe four workouts. Kind of like when you wash your car and then take it for a test drive and see if it runs better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels better. It makes me feel good to see myself in the mirror working out. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm proud just the fact that I'm going on two full weeks now without missing any, with, by, with taking my meds every day. I haven't done that in so long. You know, I'm like, huh, this, I'm waiting for it to become a no-brainer where I just wake up and one day and I've done it and I didn't even have to yeah. think about it or check it off my tracker or anything. And it, it's so, like, it, it's what you, we were talking about, I think, last podcast. I love, I love what you said. You have to make it where it's silly to not do it. Yeah, it's laughable to not complete the yeah, task. Yeah, because, because, because your mind, in your mind, you said we have we have like a a judge telling us that's uncomfortable. Let's not do that. But yeah. then when you put it to where like today I didn't want to go work out. I didn't. Yeah. But I still did it because I don't have to work for hours. I don't. My my gym stuff is right there. All I have to do is get in my car and drive to the gym, and I'm there. And like I could have rationalized a whole. I, it's gonna be uncomfortable. Um, my, I'm still sore from the workout I did Tuesday. Well, and you were actually when you left, you were like, "I'm gonna to go to the coffee shop and blog and write and write songs." And then when I'm done on the way home, I'm gonna stop by the gym. And then the next thing I know, you went to the gym first. Yeah, because I knew if I, yeah, you weren't gonna hit the gym afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's a lie I told myself. Yeah. So I, I went so to the good for you. I yeah. went to the gym first before I went to the coffee shop because. I know that would be my reward. I get to okay. Now, now the uh, the big question: Was it a non-fat, sugar-free, caramel, skinny? What, what did we order? It was a vanilla um, ice. Just an ice vanilla cup. That's not too bad. Yeah, I like the ice ones. Yeah, I almost like the ice ones more than the frappuccinos because you don't drink them as fast. So you, you don't you don't drink them as fast and usually when you drink the frappuccinos there's once you drink all the liquid there's just ice left. And yeah. so you're like so then you're just jamming your yeah, your um what is it called? straw into the ice trying to break it yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're kind of cheap too, so you like getting the most for your money. And I know with whipped beverages there's a lot of air and other stuff, so you get less volume for the same amount of money. So if you're just paying six bucks, might as well get the drink that gives you the most stuff for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but very good. So uh, that we wanted again. We didn't really um, have a plan for this podcast, but uh, Daniel was just like, you know, we really just need to sit down and state the seriousness um, that people need to take. That we've been kind of joking and, and light-hearted in our discussion so far. And so we need to have one podcast where we just stated as seriously as we could that that this, you know, if you have diabetes, obesity, heart disease, or the potential for these things, you've got to get to know what that means. 
right? If you just think, oh, there's sugar going with my blood, and then who cares? Yeah, That's different than knowing that there's razor blades slicing your blood vessels with every gram of sugar. Uh, and you gotta, you have to, you, you have to find a way to make it personal. Yeah. You can't, you can't just make it a... Yeah, this disease is trying to take your legacy. It's trying to take your 70s and 80s away from you. Yeah, you can't just make it into, you can't just rate it, you can't make yourself just another statistic. Yeah. You have, you have to... The world will let you. You have won't to, even stand in your way. You have to take it, you just have to take it really personal. Yeah. So you've got to make the decision to stand in the way. All right. Hope that was helpful to somebody. You can go to Fat Week, no spaces, just fatweek.com. And uh, Daniel has been blogging there. That'll redirect you to his blog um, until we get up some more social media sites for you to uh, engage with us. And um, so definitely check that out. Share this with your friends. Go on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a uh, five-star review. We'd really appreciate that as we try to grow this and we're going to promise to keep showing up um what did we say tuesdays and thursdays so yeah. um, we almost bailed on you today it's you know almost bedtime on on thursday but we did it and yeah. we got it done and in the same way with your diet you know you right up to the last second when you're about to blow it just make the right decision do the next right thing and do those dailies and uh every now and then when you look up we'll all be surprised of how far we've come. So until next time, this is Russell. This is Daniel. This is the Fat Week Podcast. Take care.